It's going to take about an hour for my Lincoln Park wrestling music video to upload, so it's just enough time to talk about fans of pro wrestling. and welcome back to Phanthropological. My name is Nick G, and today we're going to be talking about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. So thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, if you're watching on Twitch. And let's get into pro wrestling with my two best friends, Nick T. I think it might be time to play the game, because it's all about the game. And Nick Z? Hulk Hogan. Crash the plane, Hulk Hogan. What? <laughs> what? I have things oh. that I need to learn. It's already indicating it's time for this podcast to make the ultimate sacrifice. <laughs> I am not the chosen one. I am the only one. Look, we could talk about insane coked up promos from the 80s. episode. <laughs> And I would be fine to do that. But we are here to talk about pro wrestling. And to begin that, I am going to start off with some fandom facts. What? Uh, jump in with, jump in with your, your gasps or comments or what have you as we go. But I kind of... Do the fandom facts... Um, Googling pro wrestling just doesn't reveal a ton of results if you want to get information. So I kind of just picked uh, WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling as like a point of comparison. So we get like the t- we have like the top two companies in there. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty reasonable, especially considering we we've already gone over say luchador style wrestling. That's true. The point of the fandom facts is to try and sort of gauge the size of the fandom. And I've got a bunch of different ways to do that. So maybe between them all, we can figure it out. So uh, the WWE Network, which launched in 2013, I want to say, as of April 2017, which were the most recent stats I could find, has 1,661,000 subscribers. Uh, 1,237,000 of those are in the U.S., and 424,000 are not. Uh, according to President of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Harold May, New Japan World has about 100,000 subscribers, uh, 60,000 of which are in Japan and 40,000 of which are international. So a lot more of an even split, but they're like not a tenth of what WWE is. WWE is such a monolithic corporation that has such a head start uh, past every other company that it's going to be hard for for any other any other uh to get close to it. New Japan is definitely the number 2 in the world and it is about a tenth. Even though New Japan was actually founded before WWE. But never mm-hmm. mind. I mean, there's like there's a difference in in attitudes, right? I mean, yeah. You you have different you have a different demographic in the United States than you do in Japan. And just to further your point, you were talking about the sizes of the audiences. I was surprised because I did a little bit of research and I tried very hard to keep fandom facts up to you, G. But I, mm-hmm. I did find something that blew my mind, which was, you know, a regular sporting event, Monday Night Football. And mm-hmm. uh, I believe Raw also airs on Monday nights. Yes. And it keeps up. Wow. It is something like 2 million viewers every week. 
huh. could be exaggerating, but I was very surprised that it's even in the running compared to football. Well, it's not just sports, it's sports entertainment. Yeah, we'll oh, come back we'll to talk that. A, <laughs> talk a lot about sports entertainment. Um, at its peak, this is this is off the top of my head, this is not research, but at its peak in the Attitude Era, about uh, 99, 2000-ish, Raw was probably doing 6 to 8 million viewers. Uh, yeah. Um, that's slid down, but it's fairly steady at this point. So another way to figure it out is event attendance. So, uh, the biggest show of WWE's calendar year is WrestleMania, which takes place in April. Uh, this past April's WrestleMania, which was in New Orleans at the Superdome was 78,133 people. The biggest ever was two years ago in 2016 in Texas, which was 101,763 people for WrestleMania. <laughs> so the entirety of New Japan wrestling <laughs> subscribers. And they were all there. That yeah. Was, was the weird part. <laughs> a lot of them probably were. Um, the fun thing about WrestleMania is it's turned into a wrestling convention, sort of. Um, WWE tried to stop it initially, but they couldn't. But, but WrestleMania moves every year. And... Uh, wherever WrestleMania goes, wrestling fans go. And other wrestling companies are like, hey, there's all these wrestling fans around for an entire weekend around WrestleMania, so let's just hold our events on the other days. So it's it's now like, you can probably go to three or four events a day on WrestleMania weekend. Because wow. the city just becomes like a, a wrestling convention, basically. And to contrast with that, we have New Japan's biggest show of the year, which is always January 4th. And always in the and <laughs> it's not like the Saturday closest. It's always January fourth, which <laughs> apparently is a holiday in Japan. Oh, um, yeah. And it's always at the Tokyo. It's always at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, and its most recent show, which was also its biggest ever attendance, was uh, thirty four thousand nine hundred ninety five, which is uh, not bad. It's about what WWE would do for like a like a non WrestleMania big show. But it sounds like if uh, if reports are to be believed, it's going to be even more than that this year. Um, in terms of attitudes, New Japan only like the past two years was like, hmm, maybe we could make it in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas WWE is like, do you remember that, remember that picture of Uncle Sam from The Simpsons where it's a poster and he's like eating the world and it just says, <laughs> just try and stop us? Yep. That's the WWE's motto. Yeah. <laughs> I I wish I dug a little bit more into this, so I'm not going to dwell on it for too long. But I found mm -hmm. out that wrestling in general has a long and storied history before you get to WWE. And at mm -hmm. one point there was a regional system. And yes. that was so sort of monopolistic that they had a, an, a agreement with the Department of Justice to kind of prevent the monopolistic tendencies. Until sometime in the 70s or 80s when you got into the situation where that more or less dissolved and they didn't really follow through with that. <laughs> but it, it's something I, I wish I would have dug more into. Yeah, uh, the territory days where they were, we had the little, little piece of the pie. And yeah. then Vince McMahon Sr., who was the father of the current Vince McMahon in charge of the WWE, kind of just went through money at all the biggest people from every territory. And they all came to New York, which is his territory. <laughs> and that became the then WWWF, uh, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Ah. 
<laughs> then the World Wrestling Federation, now World Wrestling Entertainment. And that's sort of what kicked off the WWE's monopoly. And it's like you you can say there are other other federations, but they're they're not really. Not you were just talking about New Japan wrestling being a tenth of the size, and that's in a different yep. country. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's without WWE being in your country all the time. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, one thing I thought it, I thought it pertinent to note was the attendance of All In. Yeah. Which was uh, you? Did you find out about All In, or did I tell you a previous time? Or, <laughs> or no? I just did a little bit of reading up on it, but nothing extensive. Yeah. The first event held that's wrestling event, major wrestling event held that was not tied to any federation. Or wrestling body. It's put on by three people. Uh, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Cody Rhodes uh, in Chicago, and they drew 11,263 people. Um, and it's like it's like the Indias show, because it was just those guys that put it on. Um, and basically promoted via YouTube. <laughs> they have a YouTube series called Being the Elite. Ah. Uh, that they update every week and that basically drove all in those guys are all prominent in new japan also and i think that probably helped um so another way we can look at it is uh r squared circle oh that's a good good choice yeah by far the biggest wrestling subreddit uh is 366,000 subscribers which is nothing to sneeze at in terms of subreddits um, and then we have the trends. Oh, Google. Yeah, this was something that I found fascinating because, <laughs> you know, fan, fan of facts isn't my baby, but I, I had to look into it because often we yeah. look at, at the different fandoms and, you know, it, it stagnates over time. Not because the thing is less popular, just because you have, if you want entertainment, you have many different choices in what you would <laughs> like to entertain you. And I was looking at the Google trends for pro wrestling uh, actually it might have been world mm. wrestling entertainment and it was it's more or less constant since 20 since 2004 yeah let's see yeah like it, it's relatively flat it doesn't go down very much there's a, mm. a it's pretty constant until 2014 then it drops around the summer of 20 it rises and drops around the summer of 2017 which i didn't know why i was going to ask you about that but i, I was surprised because that means people, the demand for wrestling, as far as Google is concerned, is relatively constant. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a big drop in August 2017, or September 2017 as well. And I couldn't really figure it out because I think that it would have been bad for like a while. <laughs> so I don't know what about what about that area made it drop so hard. Um, people waking up realizing yeah yeah, wake up sheeple come on (laughs) uh but yeah oh one one interesting interesting fact was uh i think it was like in this is very 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 roughly off the top of my head from an article that i read earlier but it's like the average age of the wwe watcher in 2000 was like 28 or something like that and 2018 it's like 54 oh interesting (laughs) yeah yes they are not making new fans at least not very huh. quickly. But then the combination of the fans aging, supposedly, yeah. you could also be bringing in older people. I don't know. 
I don't know the specifics yeah. of that. But the combination of that, but also interest being constant, just kind of, that's really surprising. I was also surprised because if you looked at the top countries, India was near the top or it was on top. Yeah. And, and then I thought that was a weird, you know, oh, maybe it's a fluke. But then as I was going through some of the comments on R squared circle, there was a thread talking about, you know, these are the things that I hate about the fandom. And one of the comments was Indian fans posting random comments on every YouTube video. And I, I just couldn't, I was just so <laughs> confused. First of all, what's, what's, what's the problem with that? That's fine, right? <laughs> I, let's, throw, let's throw all like, like talking some smack all the time, but like. I, I um, think it was, it was like something like, you know, there was a heel, a heel character, you know, yeah. a bad guy. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, that guy cheated. He shouldn't have won. Like kind of comments like that. I don't know. Oh, kayfabe stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like this is for WWE rather than World Wrestling Entertainment, but uh, the top 10 countries, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, Trinidad, Tobago, India, Sri Lanka, Bolivia, Qatar, Nigeria, and Puerto Rico. Hmm. What? Yep. <laughs> Do you, do you know, do you know any, anything about the why that might be? <laughs> like, just I looking know, at WWE I, being very North American audience. I know that, um, I mean, they've they've made several inroads to India in the last couple years. Uh, they had, uh, what's, what's his name? Ginger Mahal. They had, they had this guy who is, I believe is actually Canadian, but is of Indian descent. Yep. And he had like a big Indian style gimmick and they made him champ for a while for when they went over to india so maybe that might have something to do with it uh puerto rico is the only one on there that i know is like a wrestling hotbed the rest Mm. but and then you go to new japan pro wrestling and then pro wrestling which i did trend search for and they're both sort of the countries you'd maybe expect for wwe even uh, for New Japan, it's U.S., Canada, U.K., Ireland, Australia, Mexico, Japan, Germany, India, Italy, and India. Hmm. Which makes a lot more sense. For pro wrestling, U.S., Canada, Ireland, Puerto Rico, U.K., New Zealand, Australia, Singapore, Italy, and the Philippines. Um, let's see. Uh, New Japan is did kind of a dip in um, August uh, 2008. It was almost nothing, and then January 2015, it starts spiking up every January and July. January is the big uh, Russell Kingdom Tokyo Dome show on January 4th, and July is the G1 Climax, which is a 20-person round robin and takes forever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and wrestling nerds love it. <laughs> and, and pro wrestling itself is like like sort of bit of a, a slow decline from 2004, and studied out about 2010 and has been about the same since hmm. shame we don't have like like 98 99 on here <laughs> probably, that would, i know that that would be the peak uh-huh. uh you got your uncle steve austin you got your yeah. you got your the rock yes got your degeneration x you got the game triple h <laughs> you got mankind you got the undertaker i can just list people who were wrestling, <laughs> uh, during that that, that is the the attitude era that is the attitude era yeah much, much romanticized, in my <laughs> opinion. 
Undoubtedly. I don't really have any interest to go back and watch it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the uh, the early polygonal 3D N64 and PlayStation wrestling games where you could like Ooh. make your own character would have uh, played a big part in that as well. I was watching an ad for, I think it was WWE 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks real good, guys. <laughs> like, yeah, man. I can, I'm thinking back on those N64 days where it's like, look, I can make my own character. And it's like, yeah, I guess that kind of looks like someone that resembles you. But it was like, it was it was still obviously a game, but it, there was yeah. like a, a clip of John Cena. It's like, that actually looks like John Cena. <laughs> yeah. The real, the real hotness is making wrestlers who are not already in the game. <laughs> um, and then you had Fire Pro Wrestling, yep. which was a Japanese game, which was super popular because it just had like every single wrestler like in the world in it, <laughs> what? regardless of who they wrestled for. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is interestingly uh, kind of reflected uh, also in the fanfic, which tends to do that oh, apparently I, the, fan, the fanfic i i did not investigate i'm gonna be honest <laughs> okay Bef- before z goes into that that was an interesting <laughs> divide because fan lore is a go-to resource that we use for the podcast and they did have a page on pro wrestling and i wasn't sure what i was going to expect but there was a section talking about the division between fanboys and fangirls and i'll, I'll read from it and it said like star trek games such as final fantasy and other fandoms professional wrestling fandom is sometimes split by gender lines for example fan fiction especially these slash portions is primarily done by people who generally identify as female while news reports and scoops seem to be reported by and commented on by a more male identifying audience however as this fan lore editor will attest some writers of both will cross the field quite regularly and then i looked up archive of our own and there were more fanfics than I've seen in many of the things that we've covered recently. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a rich, rich... Just... Tapestry. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really <laughs> is. Because, like, I didn't, I didn't read any of the fanfic. I basically um, <clears throat> just read closely what uh, Fan Lore had to say about it. But, I mean, there are so many different angles and i mean it's uh probably not very surprising that uh slash fiction is still predominant as far as pairings go rather than like het fiction or yeah it was anything else it was 60 percent approximately yeah we're male male i mean i think that has like fan lore pointed out yeah that that kind of probably has to do with there not being very many women in a lot of pro wrestling promotions so pairs are limited yeah. at pairs anyway that is on the way to changing in wwe mm-hmm. there have been uh there are quite a few um programs there are quite a few like women's uh companies out there um stardom in japan um all japan women's wrestling in the 90s was like insane it was like the high bar of like of like hardcore wrestling Hmm. of like barbed wire exploding ring deathmatch wrestling yeah and like just just head dropping goodness man a man a lot but uh a lot of shooting a lot of mm, hopefully they're they're uh they're kind to one another but but yeah um 
But it's, it's about, been about five years since WWE decided women's wrestling was important. <laughs> and that, that's been an improvement for them. Uh, especially with what's going on with uh, Becky Lynch right now, yeah. who's the most popular uh, person on the roster. But yeah, uh, I can see why he would lend himself to a lot of slash bearings. <laughs> That's all I got for fan facts. That's a lot of facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> like baseball, it's all about the numbers. That is 100% not true. <laughs> I wish I would have recorded the the source of this. There's a, a five page article. It's not an article. It's a it's an academic paper, and it was talking about the difference between boxing and wrestling, which already I think gives you some idea of when it might have been written. Yeah. But it was talking about the differences between those two games, and it was talking how boxing was a game not of calculation, but about the outcome, and wrestling was not so much about yeah. that. Yeah, it's weirdly people still care a lot about who wins and loses. The the more important thing to a lot of fans is like a great match or like a match that tells a great story. Mm-hmm. But it it weirdly matters to a lot of people who wins and loses. I've got the question that has to be asked and I think it is important that it be the question that gets us right. starting with the why. The why of wrestling fandom and G. Why is it that people watch wrestling if they know Ugh. it's fake. Why? I I'm not asking. I'm <laughs> yeah, asking I this facetiously, um, <laughs> but it is astounding the number of people on the internet, on Quora, on Reddit, on everywhere that this was the thing that they the sticking point about wrestling that was. The problem that they had with it. people have asked me that personally <laughs> um <laughs> i mean the comparison i've heard wrestlers answer this question a bunch i've heard wrestling journalists answer this question a bunch and the comparison they always say it's like it's like you know you know tv shows are fake right you know breaking bad is fake you know, <laughs> game of thrones like that's the that's the answer <laughs> they always give and the answer is it's entertaining I I couldn't watch real fights. It makes me super anxious. I can't watch can't watch MMA. Ugh. <laughs> it's boring and nerve wracking. Um, no, I watch it because it's fake. <laughs> because they can <laughs> they have the ability to tell a story and not worried if they're gonna be knocked unconscious or something like that. Sometimes it happens anyway. But the because of the capacity, my answer is because of the capacity for storytelling, both in and out of the ring. Um, you know, you can cut promos on people. You have your different motivations for people wanting to have matches. You can, um, oh dear, you know, have your heel duck the face, keep avoiding getting hit, and then when they they finally meet uh-huh. at the big big event you pay your money for, you don't give a big match away for free. Huh. Um, yeah. You know, then then you get then you get the story of all that uh, built up tension, fake tension, admittedly, but but with but within the narrative, <laughs> and then if the two wrestlers are are good at telling a story in the ring, then it's so much better. The more it pretends that it's a sport, the more I like it. Like if we like if we have win loss records versus particular opponents, I love that. Um, and New Japan is more of that flavor. It's more presented like a sport. 
uh, as Z alluded to earlier, WWE will not even allow the word wrestling to be said on its broadcasts. <laughs> no. Oh, Mr. McMahon does not uh, particularly care for it. I assume, anyway. Yeah, I I think it's because you can... He copyrighted sports entertainment or something? something it's something huh. like that or trademarked it? Um... The best thing that WWE, uh, the thing that WWE is best at more than anything else is marketing. <laughs> they just have piles of money. Uh, but Vince McMahon <laughs> is notoriously stubborn and curmudgeonly. The the quote that the quote that goes around about him is he's a millionaire that should be a billionaire because he'd rather rather be a millionaire his way than be a billionaire somebody else's way. I found this uh, article, actually, with a very enticing clickbaity mm-hmm. title. Vince McMahon hates pro <laughs> wrestling? Question <laughs> mark? And, you know, in it, the writer kind of, you know, presents everything that Vince McMahon has done to sort of, I guess, undermine the WWE to sort of go against what the fans want and that, all that. And, uh, you know, oh, he, he must hate it because he's... He's watering it down. He's trying to make it, you know, more broadly appealing, which, of course, fans don't like because fans of anything d- generally don't enjoy it when that thing becomes, quote, watered down. Um, <clears throat> but then the writer circles back and says, but wait, that's maybe not quite right, because uh, they list out all these things that he's done personally, like in the 90s, how he had to shuffle around a lot of his finances to keep the uh, the company from gr- going broke. Um, how he has willingly put his family like in front of the camera. I mean, I don't know if it's an exaggeration that the writer uses when they say that he's put them in uh, or put them at risk of physical nope. danger, but that's well, not, not an article exaggeration. Too. Okay. Okay. Um, and then he concludes by saying basically not it's not that he hates pro wrestling it's just that he hates the kind of wrestling the fans like i saw that that other promos do other companies do and has like basically like you've been saying she his own kind of idea of what it should be like and wants to stick with that but yeah vince mcmahon versus the fans has been probably the best feud in wrestling for three years ah. or so now because he started with a vision and that started back in the 80s with you know hulk hogan hulk hogan and you know ultimate yes. warrior and Macho Man randy savage and, and all those luminaries and that and it worked it worked so well in the 80s it was massive and i went for a bit of a dip and in the early 90s we had a lot of really like like really silly characters like person got really silly and kitty. <laughs> And then we had the Attitude Era, um, with your your Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, and DX and um, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels for a while. But yeah, since then, I mean, he got a good thing out of John Cena because John Cena is an insane workaholic who will do anything for WWE. <laughs> Except maybe lately. What is it? Uh, what's his? What's his matter? Like work hustle, hustle, hustle respect. loyalty, respect. That's his thing. Oh yeah, that yep. just lines up perfectly. Um, 
I mean, yeah. lately he's been doing more movies. He's going the rock route. Um, there's never going to be another rock. Like he's a once in a once in a lifetime kind of guy, both in wrestling and in Hollywood now. Um, but yeah, like he's ever since then, he's kind of like not quite been in touch with what's going on, but he's just continuing to do things his way to the point where he will routinely rewrite raw the day of to change things like stuff. Oh, there's no long-term planning in WWE. Um, jeez, just like, cause he, cause he doesn't like something. He hates when people sneeze. He, no, he hates when he sneezes. Because he can't control it. Read into that what you will. <laughs> oh. Jeez. <laughs> Anyone who came into the company um, with a with a junior on their name, he removes it because he's a junior and he hated being called junior. <laughs> There's a lot of okay. uh, power dynamics going on. And he was always for like the biggest, muscliest dudes being on top. And yeah. it turns out those dudes are real slow and not as entertaining as the slightly smaller, faster dudes, which is <laughs> what what it's about today. Like that was the model for the indies for a long time. And now a lot of those indie guys are on are in WWE. But uh, do you guys uh, are you guys aware of? Did you look up Roman Reigns at all? I did have one tidbit about mm-hmm. Roman Reigns. And that was he is the number three for fanfic. Our, oh. our number one in twenty three percent of twenty three percent of fanfic had Roman <laughs> Reigns. Numbers one, in it. Our numbers one and two <laughs> in no particular order: Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Yes. Wow. Do you want to know oh. what number five was? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm going to say Shawn Michaels. Trick question. Original Uh, female character. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, But anyways, no, I I didn't look up very much about Roman Reigns. You may have shown us some matches with him, but I haven't, I don't remember them offhand. Um, Roman Reigns (laughs) was part of, as, as illuminated there, the top three people in the, uh, in the top fanfics there are, are a faction known as the shield. Um, it became very popular in 2014-ish and then split up and have since come back together and then split up again. Um, but Roman Reigns was like, as soon as that guy went solo, that was that guy was Vince McMahon's project. He's like, this guy's going to be my next Cena. Um, and fans kind of caught on to it fairly quickly that that's what he was doing. And they did not care for it. Uh, to did they did they did they not care for it because um like they could see it coming or just because they disagreed Be, with it, it because because they disagreed with it more so because he was it was very clear he okay. was getting uh, on TV he was getting like so many title shots and so many number one contender shots and just winning and winning and winning and winning and then and no one and the yeah. fans didn't really feel that it was earned. So they're like, oh, he's clearly just the chosen guy. Um, there's a great picture of the 20... Oh, 
2015, I want to say, Royal Rumble that he won. Uh, the Royal Rumble determines who, who wrestles for the title at uh, WrestleMania. And uh, the fix was in. Roman Reigns won that Royal Rumble to massive boos. The Rock, <laughs> who is who is related to him. I can't remember their... Yeah. Oh. There's a big wrestling family. Huh. Um, you, got, you got The Rock. You got... Uh, Kishi, you got the Usos, you got Roman Reigns, you got Superfly Jimmy Snuka, sort of related. Um, Yokozuna is a, was also part of that family. Uh, he was not Japanese. Um, but yeah, so The Rock came in after he won and held up his hand and did the big point to him and just more booze. And The Rock looks so pissed. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know that he's doing it all or that the fans are booing or what, but he was like, man, give give this guy give this guy the rub, make sure that he gets that rock bump and the fans were not yep. having it. I'm just looking at some of the pictures and they they range <laughs> from the rock being confused <laughs> to just be being like, I guess this is my obligation. Let's see if there's any where he's no, they're all kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, very surprised, upset, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gets massive, but like, it's not that it's not that no one likes him. It's that the Smarks don't like him. Oh, the Smarks! Oh, the Smarks! This was a so weird wrestling word that you <laughs> showed to us. Yes. Uh, so wrestling is full of carny terminology, which is uh, maybe tells you a lot. <laughs> Well, when I, when I saw the list of definition, it's like a smirk is a smart mark. And I, I was thinking to myself, isn't a mark, you know, when you're, you've, you're setting up a con and yeah. you're trying to figure out who is going to take the, not the fall, but who, who's going to, you know, give you some money because you're conning yeah. them. And, uh, that, yeah, that, that says a lot. <laughs> um, and Mark, and that, that's, it's not very far from that meaning. Marks are people who are like, they're giving you the money. And it's not a con, right? It's paying to go to a wrestling event or buying merch or whatever. But that's what, that's what mark means. To the point where if you're, if you're being a mark, you're kind of like buying in. Yeah. They're not literally believing it's real, but just getting caught up in like, yeah, the good guy's winning kind of thing. Yeah. To the point where cheering for, cheering for a wrestler is called marking out. Huh. Um, and a smart a, a smart is a smart mark who's been on the internet on the IWC <laughs> the internet wrestling community <laughs> I feel like we don't call it that anymore but we did <laughs> um, he's like oh I know you know I've, I I get all the the wrestling mags anyway smart marks are kind of you know they know they know some insider stuff think they know some insider stuff about the business and and know how it should be done and who the real good wrestlers are and i'm probably pretty close to this honestly and a lot of fans i see internet message boards are also this so they do not care for roman reigns but like a lot of people who are more casual who are just like families there with their kids or whatever or just watch it occasionally they like roman reigns he's still one of the biggest merchandise sellers um so like it does work to some extent it just you just get a lot of booze yeah uh in the process so that's kind of 
and and he, Superman would not relent. <laughs> like he doesn't he didn't care. <laughs> He's just like this is what we're doing. Oh man, do you think? Yeah. Related question: Do you think that, like, mm-hmm. in the '90s, early 2000s, before the internet wrestling community was really a solid thing, before I guess marks had a chance to become smart marks, there were there were. I mean, I kind of answered my question with my question, but there were fewer smarks, so like there were more people um, buying in, and if, for example. A Roman Reigns type uh, situation had happened back then, it would have worked just with everybody. A couple things there. You'd have to go back further. Yeah. There was plenty of wrestling on the internet in uh, 99, 2000. Okay. I mean, and before that, it was in the form of magazines, but certainly at that point, there were fewer. Right. Um, the other thing is at that time, what what is credited with making that period so hot is we had WWE versus WCW, ah. which was a company of a similar size, bankrolled by Ted Turner. Man, that guy um, was in everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna make a TV show to save the environment. I'm gonna make my own television network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make my own wrestling company. Yeah, and they and they had like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and Roddy Piper and bunch of those guys who weren't in WWE anymore yeah uh, at the time but for some stupid reason I think this is Eric Bischoff's fault but because uh, he asked Ted Turner for this TV time they their show went head-to-head with Raw like literally the same time yeah and so it was always a competition to get the fans eyes um, and so the ratings would be a huge deal and so they were they were not taking any chances with like, yeah, I feel like doing this. Yeah. WWE was not the monopoly at the time. Okay. So they had to like really just, if, if the iron got hot, then strike. Yep. Like it was stone cold and, and then the rock and so on. Um, So I don't think that he would have gone for necessarily, if the fans weren't having it, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have gone for it Uh, mm-hmm. back then. But now they're virtually a monopoly. Yeah. So this is a thing that that I had wondered which is kind of related. So you have for lack of a better word like two sides. You have these smart marks and yeah. you have these marks. And wrestling is a very interesting fandom not just because you're fans of a thing, but because it's the semi participatory semi like let me think of a different example. Let's let's say we're talking about television. We're talking about Breaking Bad. As far as Breaking mm-hmm. Bad is concerned, if you don't like it, they don't care. That you are the director, the writer, whatever. You're making this product, and that is the product you want to make. Too bad. Yeah, Re- I mean the. I mean you could get canceled, but like after once it's made, it's already it's already made. Yeah. Right. You're not yeah. getting uh, any input. Other reality TV. I, I actually don't know that much about other reality TV programs, but again, they're not going to really change. If you're making Survivor, you're not mm-hmm. going to suddenly change the show mid season to be a different <laughs> reality show. New. No. Um, assuming, I, again, I don't know very much about reality programming. Maybe they're 
staged. Maybe they're semi-real. I don't know. But wrestling isn't like that because you have fans that are involved with the process in the sense that they're participating in the show. They're booing at <laughs> moments where they should be cheering or cheering when they should be booing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you've got like all sorts of stupid chants some of which are are fun but most of which seem really obnoxious <laughs> i was just i would agree with that yeah. okay and at the same time you have a, a thing where the sh- the show like the merchandise the sales of those things how the show does is partly dependent on how people respond to the show and yet the show refuses to change in a lot of key aspects like what is, what is it like to be a fan of something that interconnected yeah because the fan because the fan reaction is immediate and can change things um you had a you had the flip side of the roman reigns debacle with our friend daniel bryan uh uh, i did read about that of yes you know and um vince mcmahon conversely doesn't like daniel bryan didn't didn't see him as a top guy let's put it that way at the time was like whatever just stick him in this this faction have him turn heel and he can just so first of all brian got really 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 hot because he was being seen as being held down by the company which was true (laughs) 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 um that that was true and people like oh man i hope brian wins the royal rumble this year this was the previous year this was 2014 and he was in a match earlier on the Royal Rumble card. Then the Royal Rumble happened. And number 30, which was the last entered in the Royal Rumble, was announced. Rey Mysterio, super popular guy. I'm sure you've seen his mask before. He's a luchador. Uh, comes out to massive boos because Daniel Bryan was not in the Royal Rumble. Oh. And um, the winner of that Royal Rumble, actually, uh, Dave Batista. Hey, Drax. Uh, aka Drax um, but he got booed out of the building because he wasn't Daniel Bryan <laughs> so <laughs> and it was going to be it was a Randy Orton versus Batista for the for the world championship so and and the fans just wouldn't like just kept chanting Bryan booed everyone else who was put in front of them to the point where they changed Wrestlemania where Bryan ended up having two matches on the show was added to the world championship match and also had a match with Triple H at the beginning of the show to get that match and went all the way through and won the title. And that was due to fan reaction. See, this is also um, putting things into context because I was watching, you know, if we're going to cover a fandom and one, it's one that I don't know very well and you actually know something that's a good source, then you go to it. Mm-hmm. And so in my case, I watched Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And so I watched that again. And if, if you haven't checked it out, like look for it on YouTube. And it was very briefly telling the story of Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the side that I got from that was people hated Triple H. <laughs> and people loved Daniel Bryan. But I didn't know that it turned the tide of putting him back in the show. It did, yeah. They had to completely rewrite their plans because fans were ruining their <laughs> 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 fans. <laughs> Um, fans have tried since and it hasn't worked as well <laughs> but it, wor- it worked for Daniel Bryan and it might have it might have even been that that made McMahon go like okay I'm not no matter what happens I'm not changing from Roman Reigns this time <laughs> we did the Bryan thing fine Um, but yeah it's so 
it's so interactive and a good match is made better by a good crowd like if they're if they're cheering when they should be and booing when they should be and their face makes a roaring comeback or you know and and the crowd's all into it then that makes it so much better talking so much about this as a participatory kind of fandom where the fans actually mm-hmm. have a voice you know it's not just it's not like a song of ice and fire where the fans kept saying hey george get writing and he's like nah. you know he's got that sh- he's got that shack now or whatever sh- yeah he's got his finish wins a winter <laughs> sure i mean i guess that's a start <laughs> but anyway because the fandom is so participatory, and um, I'm I'm getting this mostly from fan lore, but also from the sense of wrestling that I just have, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the expression of the fandom, aside from buying merch, is like going to the events, going to meet and greets, uh, you know, getting out into public, basically, mm-hmm. uh, into the, into don't, crowds. Don't f- Do don't you- forget G's. Uh, mentioned at the beginning of the episode making ridiculous lincoln park music videos <laughs> i'm, I'm not mean, even joking like sorry. i think vitting and gifting is an is another big part of okay it. yeah yeah yeah. but you, oh, you were sure. getting to a point yeah those those kind of <laughs> scrape my point uh down down from the wall of uh this question <laughs> so i'm gonna sort of shove those aside turn the camera around a little bit um do you think g that wrestling fans tend to be a little bit more on the extroverted side of the spectrum because there's so much of like going to events, going to out to crowds, even just participating in the community, even though it's mostly done online and you know, you don't have to be an extrovert to like go to a forum, but um, I don't know. Like, if if extroverts post more on forums, then yes, that's a, <laughs> that's all I can tell. But uh, I don't know necessarily because a major like visible fandom that I see visibly online, yeah, on message board and stuff and subreddits is mostly meta discussion. Yeah. Um. Like, there's not like there's no. Oh, do you think John Cena is going to beat The Rock? yeah like that's not what discussion is it's oh man the uh you know merch sales are up for uh for cesaro maybe he'll get a big push on tv and win the intercontinental title or something like, <laughs> like you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. manager managerial type discussion and that's a majority of it mm-hmm. um i see a little bit of like fanning out marking out marking out be like man check out this as you said t gifing <laughs> check out this sweet move or this sweet <laughs> pose or whatever yeah from from days past there's a bunch of that but um no they're just as like they're the same as 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 other stuff we've covered that where i've where i've met the those people in person yeah i mean but maybe maybe they're interviewed and then like once you know once you had a wrestling show yeah then you can let it all out so to speak yeah yeah i mean it's it doesn't seem to be quite as explicit as it was with uh, Lucha Libre, where like people go to it to sort of get certain emotions out or like to feel certain things and whatnot. But I yeah. kind of got a little bit of a sense that that's part of it. Like maybe not so much to like reach some sort of classical theatrical catharsis or whatever, but like mm. 
I mean, I was on Reddit on r slash squared circle, of course. And I came mm-hmm. across this thread where this Redditor, uh, M. Thomas Steele, pointed out that, uh, or it was in this thread um, where there's like just this huge discussion about this podcast where these wrestlers were like talking smack about each other and all this sort of stuff. And like uh, the discussion basically went in the direction of, is this, is this them working? You know, are they, is this part of the work? Oh yeah. And a lot of people were like, you know, I, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know, but like, I don't like what I'm, what I don't know if I'm being worked or whatever. And then this, this Thomas, uh, M Thomas Steele jumped in and said, being worked is part of the fun. It's kind of what I'm here for. So is yeah. there still like an element of like the draw is that wrestling will kind of toy with your emotions? Being worked is fun because it means surprises, right? You think yeah. one thing and then another thing happens. But to work people is so much harder now. Yeah. Because of the internet and like everyone in like maybe up to the 70s. A lot of people still thought it was real, mm-hmm. but sort of, you know, about, about like Hulk Hogan time where like uh, the game's up, right? Wait, we, we yeah. all know what's going on here. Yeah. Now with the internet and people, the dirt sheets, as they call them, the scoops, mm-hmm. and everybody has so much information about everyone and every wrestler's like on Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much access to them. It's harder to be worked. Now they're probably talking about. Cody and the Young Bucks or the Elite or Kenny Omega or some, someone in that sort of orbit. Probably. Because they're a group that is, that is in New Japan right now who's being very cagey about what the, their contract is up in January. And they're being very cagey yeah. about what they're going to do next. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, are we going to sign with New Japan? Are we going to go to WWE? Who knows? You know? This, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I watched a stream of Kenny Omega, who is currently the IWGP heavyweight champion. That is the biggest champion or the highest champion in uh, – New Japan Pro Wrestling. I watched him play Mario Party for an hour on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and there's a game, he played a media game called Follow the Money. And he's like, yeah, Follow the Money. That's Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega 2019. I'm just going to follow where the money goes. So they're, trying, <laughs> so they're trying to get, basically they're just, they're trying to, what they're doing is trying to get good deals out of both WWE and new japan so they'll get but the rumors are actually that they're going to start their own wrestling company so Mm -hmm. that's that's another thing entirely but like that's the level of working we're talking about yeah yeah like not like in the ring whatever yeah right but like behind the scenes on podcasts on twitter and stuff like that that's where it's happening now (laughs) so like Um, i mean i guess i guess in a way it's it's just the whole concept of of work like that it's it's just weird to me because it's it's like where does the wrestling stop so to speak yeah like is just every appearance by a wrestler just them doing some work or like yeah because uh, yeah. <laughs> for some no for some some people some wrestlers on twitter they stick to their their kayfabe on twitter like yeah. they stick to their persona, right? Yeah. They'll if they're heels, they'll continue to be heels. Oh, um, <laughs> there's a heel named Tommaso Ciampa in NXT who like spoiled like Walking Dead or something like that. It was like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, I can't remember what show it was, but he just like spoiled. He's like whatever. I don't even care. <laughs> man, oh, man, just to be a heel. 
Um, and I feel like I should say something about the crowds that are not in WWE. Okay. Uh, Probably, because it's a different yeah. st- it's a different scene. Yeah. Entirely. There's a lot of goodwill. Like I've been to, um, I've been to Ring of Honor shows. Ring of Honor's uh, pretty good. Smash Wrestling runs up here in the Toronto area, and I've had seen some New Japan guys on tour as well. Um, but in an in an indie crowd like that, it's all goodwill. Um, everyone will because everyone kind of likes everyone on the indies. There's no one who's like there's no company. There's no like yeah. holding down. It's just kind of independent guys so everyone's kind of in the same fun mood so people will boo the fit or cheer the faces and boo the heels almost unanimously <laughs> um or they'll just cheer for everyone um they'll, you'll get lots of this is awesome chance this is awesome and this is maybe a few years now um it used to be big in the attitude era but since then, if people try to start a USA chant, they get booed down. Oh, huh. what? Yeah, we're not doing that nationalism thing. Good call. Good call. Like if one of the people wasn't wasn't from the US and someone was like USA, they're like, no, <laughs> no way. We're not getting into that. So it's, it's usually – that's usually like a really fun crowd yeah. to be in. And that's – everyone wants – that's more the audience is willing to do their part. Yeah. They, you know, they want to react as they, the wrestlers want them to react. And yeah. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. To me, that appears to be at least to some degree, a good example of, of some meta stuff going on. It's very meta. <clears throat> yeah. Um, is that element of it? The fact that there is so much meta whether it's that or just meta discussion, like, you know, uh, whatever wrestler is selling a lot of merch, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that that element, the meta-ness of it, is something that, that draws people into pro wrestling or keeps them there? I don't think that could ever be the first thing you see of pro wrestling. Right. So it's when you start becoming invested in... I think it's when you become invested in people who are not already the top people yeah that's doing that sort of thing so it's sort of like um, the a, like second level second well not to put a number to it but like a deeper uh, a more deeply embedded fan might be yeah drawn to that like no one is worried how the wwe is doing but if you have your local indie or just one that you like you'll yeah. be like oh they did they did like a really big house this weekend you yeah. know and like so that's really good and and this guy is in the main event i'm glad to see he's getting pushed because he's he's really good and more people need to know about him yeah and that sort of thing yeah okay whereas wwe is all here's what they did wrong here's what they should do instead yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much universally uh, i mean i guess that's kind of fun too right like to have so many people agree with you when you when you say that the creator of the thing you like is not doing the thing you want them to do <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh it, it does get into some into some fan entitlement but i think hey. the what has happened recently is like people have just stopped watching wwe <laughs> especially after they did, the, they did that show in saudi arabia recently but yeah. that is another whole 
Oh yeah. Sure. Do you guys have either of you happen to look up about Dave Meltzer at all? I I I did a little bit, but basically I discovered that he is wrestling's dedicated journalist. He's been that way for like decades since he was covering mixed martial arts in I think the seventies. And he jumped yeah. over to wrestling. Um, I know he's like a workhorse of covering wrestling. He's got like a podcast that seems very, very frequent. Um, a newsletter that I want to say is like probably weekly. And yes, yeah, his weekly newsletter. It's like uh, yeah. 50 pages long every week or something like that. Like, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, he's been at it way longer than everybody else. Yeah. He's, he's like the guy yeah. in terms of wrestling journalism. Yep. Uh, reading yeah reading uh some threads on uh the reddit of course um mm-hmm. it also seemed like he is kind of maybe not necessarily divisive but a lot of people seem to either hate what he says or kind of just like say yeah this is great i like all this information he reports on he, he reports on a lot of stuff that's going on backstage in WWE, uh, and then it'll change, and people will be like, "Meltzer said it was going to be this," but like as we've established, Vince McMahon right. can change his mind at the drop of a hat. <laughs> so like, whose fault is it? And then the other thing, the other the the most notorious thing, which is actually the least important <laughs> and very uh, cur- curatorial in fandom, is Meltzer hands out for all the matches that he sees star ratings. Yes. <laughs> I only feel like I only scratched the surface of those. I only saw a few little comments here and there about that, but it did seem to be a sticking point. Yeah, he hands out star ratings, and and no one else has done it as successfully. Okay. So his are the ones that stick. Yeah. Um. And you know he's he has his biases. He like he likes Japan more than WWE. That much is clear. He recently like his. It's a five-star system, and he recently gave uh, a match featuring Kazuchika Okada and Kenny Omega six stars, and then their next match, seven stars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, broke his own, he broke his own system, so people are kind of uh, sad yeah. about that. Yeah, I can understand um, that, at least. Because like, I don't think there was a five-star match in WWE between... 97 and 2011 whereas japan (laughs) yeah whereas japan has had them fairly consistently (laughs) so we're like oh well it's like this should be a five-star match like and everybody's like who cares it's just his it's literally just what he likes in wrestling it just like his he just keeps giving the star ratings people treat them like they're a huge deal (laughs) and some people when they're getting into the into like the work rate side of wrestling yes like you know, the, all the technical aspects and stuff like that, and on the storytelling in the ring, will go to the Meltzer ratings. Be like, okay, what's what's a, what's highly rated? Where yeah. should I? What cool matches should does, I find? Out? Some people use it as a tool yeah. to search it out. Yeah. Does does Meltzer kind of like like because what I was able to find out about that, what I was able to find out about work rate was that it's sort of like mm. this rough ratio of good wrestling to stamina, either in a match or just in a specific wrestler's performance. Um, yeah. yeah okay so like is that sort of like the basis for these star ratings or like the basis of what makes a good match if a work if a wrestler can like uh perform excellent wrestling for 5 10 15 minutes no problem 
does that make them a really good wrestler or does it sort of vary sort of from situation to situation? <laughs> Thankfully, Meltzer does not rate wrestlers. <laughs> um, work rate is by no means a calculation. Okay. It's just like ability to work. Uh, not even necessarily technically. Yeah. But just like putting on a good match. I'll give you an example. Okay. Two guys we're very familiar with. The Rock and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Had what is considered to be one of the greatest matches ever at the Skydome in 2002 in Toronto, where I was in attendance. Hey. I was bored by it. Really? You do like a punch and then spend five minutes playing to the crowd. <laughs> and Hogan would do a punch and then spend five minutes playing to the crowd. But that that's where the crowd makes it. Yeah. Because the crowd was into all of it. Like, they're two huge guys yeah. in, in wrestling. So the crowd was completely into everything all of them did. But I was a work rate nerd. And I was like, oh, I don't care. I'm not doing anything cool. <laughs> um, if you wa- uh, what I've heard is if you watch that match with on mute, it's, yeah. it doesn't matter. Nothing. But because the crowd's so into it, it elevates the match to a completely another level. Because you feel like you're seeing these two legends yeah. uh, collide. Yeah. And so work rate is just, a, it's kind of a preference. Okay. It's kind of like, you know, technically what moves are you stringing together? What kind of psychology are you using? Are you selling yeah. your, uh, you know, your injured body part correctly? Yeah. And that's a, that's all work rate. Yeah. That's, that's another thing that I didn't quite understand the, like the, the wrestling version of psychology, basically like storytelling mm. through moves. Yes. It's like. It seems to be a super important thing, but I just—I guess I just don't get it. <laughs> okay, let me give you let me give you a quick, a very quick example okay. of of storytelling and how it can differ. Sure. Okay. So one situation: match has been going on for a while. One guy grabs the other guy, gives him a huge German suplex over his head, and they both just fall down. Because they're both so exhausted. That guy had enough in him to give yeah. that move, but he's been so beat up over the rest of the match that he can't capitalize on it and go pin him. Mm-hmm. So they're both down, and they're ba- and it's basically even ground. Yeah. So then whoever gets it back up to their feet first might might win it. Yeah. Another version of that, and probably a Japanese version of that, is um, one, one guy does the German suplex. The guy lands on his neck, rolls right through, gets right back up, and gives a huge clothesline to the other guy and then they both fall down (laughs) that's fighting spirit it's popular in japan (laughs) like like you got you get the crap kicked out of you but you got you got one more in the tank before you before you (laughs) exhaust okay probably not the best example of psychology but that's like just a little tiny okay there's also you have like stories like like veteran versus rookie okay kind of thing like oh rookie shouldn't be disrespecting me because i'm but if he gets like one up on the veteran, then it's like, oh man, now I'm gonna have to like slap the slap the hell out of you and that, that kind of thing. Okay. So it depends a lot on the characters they have going into the match. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's like sort of develop, or I guess it's sort of like showing a character rather than telling about a character in a sense. Then. No. Stop. <laughs> what? Okay. I just without getting on a tangent, that's. That's a very North American way of, of looking at telling stories, Z. There are many different ways to tell stories. Oh, I know, I know. But just like as far as if if uh, wrestling were were writing, 
Um, it sounds like psychology is showing. Well, yeah, like promos, like getting on the mic is basically telling, right? Yeah, yeah. Just being like, I'm mad. Yeah. And then the showing is in the ring. WWE places a lot more emphasis on out-of-the-ring storytelling than in-the-ring storytelling. Yeah. New Japan, it's almost all matches. Well, and that might be because, you know, Vince McMahon's whole thing is this is entertainment. It's not wrestling. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. As you said, mini Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, It may be performance art, but that at its core is entertainment. Whereas if you take a more wrestling focused approach, you're going to have more athleticism. And that can only be shown in the ring. That's right. Yeah. My, my favorite story is like, I developed a new finisher to beat you because my old finisher can't beat you for some reason. <laughs> that sounds way too anime. For yeah. me. I love, I love it. So, oh, there's a lot of like anime and shonen <laughs> in, uh, in wrestling. <laughs> That's not too surprising to me because I mean, um, I feel like it came up in a, on a previous episode, but one way to look at wrestling, it's soap operas for dudes. Yeah. Drama plus know. fighting. Yeah, and like, like, have fighting in like exaggerated emotion and yeah. things like that. Yeah. 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 There was uh, a clip. Max Landis was the person who made the Wrestling's Not Wrestling. But I watched a different clip because there was a thread of like, it was on R squared circle and it was how to, it's like, how do I get a better understanding of this? And it was a very condensed version of that. And it was talking about how wrestling isn't is it's different than reality TV. It's different than stage television. It's different than a, a soap opera because that's planned. That's filmed. It's pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, it was talking mm-hmm. about how wrestling is the last great bastion of performance art. Uh, you can't fake dropping eight feet onto the mat, and if somebody falls unconscious, you can't just like you have to figure something out. Yeah, it's not the same as a, a soap opera. But one funny thing that came out of that as well is they were talking, you know, this and the Muppet Show are the only shows that work this way. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got this idea of you've got these these matches, which are the part in front of the stage, and they go how they go, and then you have all this crazy chaos going on backstage behind the scenes that helps to yeah. tell more of the story. A large improv element as well. Um, and also I, I'd like one thing that I, that I realized as I got into comics is wrestling's a lot like comics and that it doesn't end. <laughs> I mean, not, not, not definitely not that it's been one continuous story. <laughs> um, certainly not in WWE. Um, new Japan has, has longer, has longer narrative arcs for characters, which are kind of interesting, but very subtle to the point of sometimes not even being there. <laughs> um, if it like in retrospect, you'd be like, oh, that makes sense, but like, it takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, wrestling just carries on. And one thing that I always find weird is that wrestlers don't have a uh, like an off period. Uh, especially in WWE, they have the the biggest roster they've ever had, mostly because they're signing people because they don't want other companies to have them. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Uh, they can be um, off when they're dead or in jail and if they're in jail they're gonna break out. <laughs> that's right um but i don't know why, why why there's not like a rotation like 
like wrestlers will get three months off a year or whatever. It's because um, it's because there's no unions. Oh, <laughs> Which is another can of worms, I know. I yeah. like <laughs> I didn't even think about it until you mentioned earlier in the episode. You know, we're talking about the business of wrestling. We're talking about wrestling as a show, and then you know, these are performers, these are actors, these are athletes, and that yeah. means they're literally working. <laughs> And that's a whole other side that I have a really hard time contextualizing. Oh, they're independent contractors, technically. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's been one in a wrestling union for a long time. Kind of hard when you have a monopoly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. You've no bargaining power. Yeah. The, the the bargaining power people have been doing lately is leaving WWE, getting really hot on the indies, and then coming back in at a much higher place on the card. Huh. It's happened a couple of times. They just, like, go and raise their stock for a couple of years. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of incredible. I guess it just kind of speaks to uh, how passionate the the wrestlers are for wrestling or... In some cases, for the money and fame, and and the stepping stone to real Hollywood. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the Rock and John Cena, and I guess Hulk Hogan, and nobody else. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Steve Austin. Steve Austin was in a couple of movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, right, I Google. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even mean like okay like they're a wrestler and then they're in movies. I mean apparently answering my famous last words from last week which were are there any wrestlers who just hate wrestling? And apparently there are. And funnily enough, oh who did who did you find? I'm I very, mean I'm very it's curious. it's very difficult. I will start this off grain of salt caveat. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to say uh, except in one or two cases. Like that, they actively hated wrestling while they were doing it. But, but, I was able to find this YouTube video that lists ten wrestlers who allegedly were either in it just for the fame or the money. Maybe they kind of enjoyed it, but they probably didn't like it as much as others uh, while they were in it. And the people on the list, this list included uh, such. Uh, luminaries as Hulk Hogan himself. And Whoa! They gave the example. Hulk Hogan did a lot of a lot of contract shenanigans when he moved from WWE to WCW. Like he, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, no worries, yeah. no worries. And like the person making the video read a lot of his uh, his side ventures, like Pastamania and oh. the Hulk Hogan Grill, Hulk Hogan meat, Hulk Hogan meat <laughs> shoes. I did not see that, but that's, I guess, another business uh, venture that he attempted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, they're real. (laughs) (laughs) What? And of course, all of his movies and that kind of thing, I'm like trying to kick that off. I guess rebranding at one point as Hollywood Hogan. Hollywood. Oh yeah, he turned heel. That was probably one of the biggest heel turns of all time. Yeah. 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 Hulk Hogan was a babyface for like 10 years and then when Hollywood yeah uh, also CM Punk 
And this was one that had, maybe this was like in character. I don't know. CM Punk was a, a face or a healer or whatever. But like in 2013, when they were still actively wrestling, uh, they had apparently tweeted that they hate wrestling. So. <sighs> yeah, CM Punk is a temperamental fellow. Um, he clearly at one point loved wrestling yeah but he was treated so horribly by the wwe he just quit and left um and is now in ufc oh dang he's not good at it but he loves (laughs) ufc so that's what he's doing yeah kind of uh yeah yeah kind of a flips flip story from that one then um brock lesnar Oh man, is that guy ever only in it for the money? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gone on record like in interviews and stuff saying that. But apparently the reason why he came back to wrestling after leaving it um, was because he could no longer do the MMA stuff that he really wanted to do. But I guess he still wanted to do, to do something involving fighting. <laughs> well, so, guess what? Now he's under a contract that allows him to do both at the same time. <laughs> Anyway, never has never has one person been paid so much money to return and do the same ten minute match, <laughs> you know, six times a year. Yeah, yeah. Still no yeah. connection. And uh, Kevin Nash. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall jumped to WCW from WWF. That was a big deal. Um, and then Hulk Hogan turned heel and joined them as the third person of the New World Order, the NWO. Maybe the most the best selling wrestling shirt of all time, perhaps. Ah. I'm sure you guys saw oh, yeah. saw people with NWO shirts when you were growing up. Oh yeah. Fun um, fact about Kevin Nash. Yes. Kevin Nash was Super Shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's too. right. Wow. Not the voice though. Just ah. the uh, yeah. I don't think he was the voice anyway. <laughs> Which I think pre looking at this IMDb record predates his uh, participation in the WCW. Yes. By two years. Yeah. He's also legit seven feet tall. Wow. Wait, what? He's, yeah. What? He's really tall. Um, but Kevin Nash and Scott Hall jumped to WCW, and they got a contract from WCW that said if anyone came into the company and made more than them, they would be bumped up to what that person was making. Why would you ever make a contract like that? <laughs> Jeez. You're really confident you'll never hire anybody more expensive yeah. until you hire Hulk Hogan. Ah. <laughs> Kevin Nash made a lot of money Oof. doing not a lot. Ah. Yeah, the uh, the video, the person made the video pointed out that Kevin Nash was uh, the first wrestler who had a guaranteed contract, meaning he got paid even oh, yeah. if he didn't wrestle. Yeah, that that reduces your motivation for wrestling, doesn't it? <laughs> Probably a little bit. Like I'm I'm sure I'm sure at one time all of these guys were really enthusiastic about it, but like, yeah. you know, being in it for too long or whatever. Yeah. Um just makes it oh, I can I can just do this much and get paid. But like the who's in WWE right now, like this crop are all fans of the previous generation. And they're sort of in it because they've they've grown up with WWE. <clears throat> 
and they want to main event WrestleMania and they want to be champ and they have all these ideas. And I think WWE kind of uses that a little bit to manipulate them into not giving them as much money or as many benefits because <laughs> people are like, ah, oh. because WWE is like, you've made it. That's yeah. what it means. But I think in about 10 years, it's going to mean you are moving on to another phase of your career. I think it's going to be a split that all the young guys are going to be on the indies. And when you hit about 35 or so, then you move into the WWE. Hmm. Which is ironically what WCW was labeled as back in the day. It was labeled as the wrestler's senior's home. <laughs> and WWE was the hot young thing. But I think that's in the process of changing. Yeah. But apparently the, the, the gen- this generation doesn't really like drink and party like, like the other ones used to. And do cocaine <laughs> and mad steroids and things like that. They mostly, they mostly play video games, notably Xavier Woods. Yep. Yeah. Who's who's had like most of the WWE roster on his show at yeah. some point. <laughs> I'll end with I'll end with this fun story, and I believe it was two thousand in the two thousand four Rumble. No, two thousand seven maybe. In the late two thousands when I wasn't watching wrestling, um, John Cena and Dave Batista went over the top rope in the Rumble. They were last two at the exact same time, and they were not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> so it was disputed as to as to who won. So Vince McMahon came down and was like, "All right, Frig, we gotta sort this out." He slid into the ring, and as he slid into the ring, he tore both his quads simultaneously. <laughs> so, so he had to sit in the corner of the ring and bark orders at everybody. Jeez, <laughs> jeez. Like, there's there are a thousand more stories like that <laughs> not just physical man but like oh man but like, like everybody uh, how i mean <laughs> this we, we could just keep going i just want to add a little little sprinkle of a factoid on top of that story apparently vince mcmahon wanted so bad to be a wrestler but his dad would not let him Something like that. Ooh. He wanted him uh, to, I guess, to succeed him as the the owner of the mm. company. Um, yeah. And it just sounds like whatever people have to say about him, Vince McMahon does love at least some kind of wrestling. And oh, yeah. lives vicariously through so many of the, the wrestlers that he tries to make into projects. Yeah. He's 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 always been like buff. Mm-hmm. He's always been, always looked looked pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So he's hitting the gym at four in the morning or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, if you've got a figurehead or even just a a head that fans love to hate, everybody loves to hate things. Loves to loves to. Hate I mean, things. he was. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, he was a character for a long time on TV. Like, mainly in opposition to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Right. Stone Cold Steve Austin was the blue-collar working man, and Vince McMahon was, like, you know, the yeah. corporate boss. Yeah. And Vince McMahon got his ass kicked constantly by by Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. He looked, uh, he looked buff. The Spotlight this week. I have a spotlight, and I have an honorable mention. Hmm. Oh, sweet. Um, so the spot. The Spotlight, established in 1965, is the Cauliflower Alley Club. 
And this is their creed. Let us recognize that the Cauliflower Hourly Club was established as a club for wrestlers, boxers, movie people, assorted friends, and companions. Now, we are the people from the world of wrestling that are dedicated to the belief in the need of a club of kindred souls who enjoy camaraderie, companionship, togetherness, and friendship of each other. We believe in the history of wrestling as well as promoting the future of wrestling. We further believe that through our selection of officers and staff, they will make the correct decisions to build the reputation and membership of the club and continue its business in the future. So... What it does under under mission statement, it's uh, not written with a lot of fr- frills, but its mission statement is to financially assist those in the wrestling industry that have fallen on difficult financial times. Hmm. As we know, wrestlers are independent contractors. There is no union. Um, there's often, I mean, WWE usually will extend the uh, courtesy on, on having the wrestlers get checkups and stuff, but it is is very easy for um, wrestlers, especially past their prime, to not get the uh, the medical attention that they definitely sorely need so the cauliflower Eye club is dedicated to do that uh dedicated to doing that and you can uh, donate or become a member at cauliflowerallyclub.org and the honorable mention just want to start throw this out there in the interest of like if you're interested in pro wrestling maybe wwe isn't where you start because i feel like the future the future is going elsewhere and there's there's lots of streaming services that are that are much cheaper and probably more entertaining or not the type of pro wrestling that you thought you were getting with WWE. Because I think wrestling's about to become cool again. There are Bullet Club t-shirts in Hot Topic. Ooh. <laughs> um, there, are Funko, there are Bullet Club Funko Pops in Hot Topic that are not WWE affiliated. And that's like a big deal. It kind of broke through the merchandise monopoly. So what I wanted to plug was a, a Japanese company... Uh, that is entirely women called stardom and they have a streaming service called stardom world at stardom-world.com it is six dollars a month um, the matches have no commentary so there's no language barrier there all the pre-match promos are subtitled in english some people don't mind the japanese commentary or not understanding i find it helps a lot for me to understand like i really only got into new japan when uh they, they had full-time english commentators but um but, and Stardom's like some of the best wrestling I've ever seen. It's like, if you want to see like, like a good example of like awesome women's wrestling and women in the best way possible beating the crap out of each other <laughs> uh, for your entertainment, <laughs> uh, check out Stardom World. Stardom-world.com. I can say, even though it's not my normal shtick, you know, on the show, you know, G is going to be the face today and I'm the heel. No, that's not how this is going. <laughs> but it, but <laughs> yeah, perfect. I'm doing well. <laughs> But in any case, it is the most wonderful time of year. Why is that? It is because it is Doctor Who time. That's right. We've got a new doctor, a new crew, and six rotating co-hosts to talk about the latest episodes of Doctor Who. If you want to check that out, you can go to whoinreview.com, and you've got uh, Nick G, Nick Z, and some of the other Nick's cast family going through the episodes as they come out. Now, at this point, there may not be new episodes running, but I'm told that they're going to keep the show running with at least one episode a month. So mm-hmm. if you want to check that out, whointerview.com. If you have any feedback for us, or if you if there's a topic that you'd like to hear us cover on the show, do email us, nick at thenickscast.com, or get in touch with us over the literally frillions of social media accounts that we have all at the next cast you can do twitter you can do instagram you can do facebook you can message us on youtube i guess so it's kind of weird but we'll respond 
Um, or again, uh, nickthenickscast.com is where you can send any and all of that feedback if there's something you'd like to see reflected on Phanthropological that you have not seen yet. First off, thanks very much for listening to this episode. But got to also say, if you want to see us record these episodes alive in person, uh, what you can do is you can go over to twitch.tv slash thenickscast. Hit that, that uh, favorite button, that follow button. Smash it, if you will. And you'll know when we record these episodes live. Oh, and it's an extra bonus to uh, watching us record these episodes live. You can participate in what might be the most popular part of the show, the famous last words. Famous last words. That's right. Famous or infamous, we're going to have them. And next week... The fandom that we'll be covering is the fandom around, I'd say a drum roll, but I don't even know if people listening to this podcast have ever heard of it. We are talking about fans yeah. of MASH, which is the mobile Ooh. air something hospital. Man, I don't know. TV show from the 70s? Yeah. Yeah. 70s? Yeah. Anyway, that is the fandom that we are going to be talking about, and I'm sure as most of us have not seen all of it or some of it, or I haven't seen any of it. Spoiler alert. What are your famous last words around MASH fans? Would fans like to see MASH rebooted? Ooh. I'm looking forward to hearing the answer to that because I think it's a really fascinating question. If, yeah, if fans are predominantly those people who watched it in the 70s, then it could be like getting a sense of how fandom itself has changed Ooh. yeah i want to know if anyone cares about mash <laughs> i i'm i'm not trying i'm being glib in the sense that is this an i should say is this another fandom that is going to die out is it is the fandom still alive mm-hmm. i want to know what i've always wanted to know um <laughs> Can you tell me um, what are these? Who are these strangers like me? Um, <clears throat> what I want to know about Mash fans is when the show was running, how did they get together? Was there some sort of like centralized main Mash newsletter or like Zine mail chain, or was it just a bunch of smaller groups getting together, you know, over coffee? at the Dunkin' Donuts the next day kind of thing. Hmm. In the 70s, how big was the MASH fan and how organized was it? I know the MASH finale is like the most watched thing ever or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that answers your question, but that is <laughs> piece of information that it I was, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a giant media phenomenon at the time, but yeah. what if, what of the fans... Is this like a a lesser known sort of like Star Trek type fandom with like letter writing mm-hmm. campaigns to keep it on the air and all that stuff? Or was it just a show that ran, people liked, and then people kept watching it after it finished <laughs> because they liked it that much? Ma- Mash Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I can only imagine El- Ellen Alda... It's a Hawkeye Pierce in space. <laughs> it's one, two, three. That's a tap out. That's a knockout. 
submission that tonight quit. Ah. It's a disqualification. <laughs> it's most of the way his matches end. <laughs> Anyhow, if you have a sign-off line you would like to hear me use on the podcast, please email it to g at the com, and I will go through them on the air and see which ones I like and uh, ultimately decide on my favorite. But until that time and until next time, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. There's only like one time in my life where I'm going to get to do that non-ironically. Give me just a minute to turn the actual fucking lights back on. (laughs) (laughs) And because there's no way that's making it into the episode. (laughs) Uh, My backup. are former from media that were around before the 2010s that uh, would have pictures and information in them. Hello. Yep. Hey. <sighs> we can hear you. I, I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> anyway. I wasn't sure if you were being informational or not. <laughs> this is a semi-educational <laughs> podcast. As being sarcastically informational. I'm sure people listening know what magazines are. Um... <laughs>